0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I want to welcome all of you that are watching online. We're so delighted you can be with us, praise God. And uh, we look forward to being able to see you face to face. I know some of you are in Texas or wherever it is that you're from, and that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. But for the rest of you that are within proximity of the church, we want to invite you to come, be a part of the services it's the best right here, praise God. I know you know that, but again, we're glad that you're here this morning, and we're expecting great things from heaven. So I, uh, I pray you'll do the same thing wherever you are. Glory to God. I mean, you know, God, thank God, is not limited to distance, and He can speak to people, minister to people, set people free wherever they are. Aren't you glad for that today? Yeah. Amen. Well, did you all bring a Bible with you this morning? Let's open our Bibles, <clears throat> excuse me, to the book of... Um, Let's see, where are we going here? Uh, Philippians. (laughs) It's a good thing I know that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, if you can find that opening in your Bibles. I want to mention to you again, for those of you, I know that most of us have been in the loop, as it were. uh, But I just want to thank you again for your generosity toward Jerry and Barb uh, Manderfield. Uh, Most of you probably know our offering to them was 21385 And then we had another couple, basically, that said, you know, really, we need to round that off. And so they said, we'll just take up the rest for $22,000. And I tell you what, you guys had to give yourself a great big round of applause, because that's huge. Supernatural. You know, I shared a little bit of my own testimony. We were on our way way back from Branson. The Lord was challenging me. He says, challenge the people to receive an offering of $10,000. I said, sure, Lord God, I am in. I'm, I'm excited about that. I can sure challenge me. He says, and I want you to lead the way. But fortunately, my brother-in-law already did, so, I, you know, anyway, it was all good. But I'm just, um, um, I'm so thankful and even somewhat humbled that a church of our size can step up to the plate, as it were, and, and bless them in the way that we did. And it is significant because of COVID and different things that they've had to deal with in Colombia. Um, I mean, they got the screws turned down on them. So you ought to be thankful that you live where you live. And, um, but nevertheless, uh, it's made it very challenging for them. And then they also, of course, uh, for whatever the reasons are, had lost some of the support as they were going through this. And the support was <clears throat> in order to uh, scholarship a bunch of uh, uh, young people in their school from, I believe it was Venezuela. And so they're going to take a, a fair amount of what it is that we were able to give to them and help these kids stay in school. What's the matter, honey? Well, I thought somebody was bothering me. but I uh, How's that? Is that better? I've I got to tell off on my wife. You know, it's gotten colder, so flies are looking for a place where it's warm, you know. And we're, uh, you know, they're in the house, and she... Uh, is, you know, runs around like a tornado sometimes. Well, anyway, she gets in the utility room, we got a door that goes out onto the porch, or on the deck, you know, uh, from the utility room. She opened up that door, and I don't know how many there were, but all of a sudden I I, I heard her let out this scream, you know, and, uh, you know, next thing I know the vacuum's running and there's a war going on in the utility room between her and a whole bunch of flies. So uh, it was kind of humorous, actually. <laughs> ah, it's great to laugh at somebody else's expense. All right. Praise the Lord. So uh, anyway, um, but where was I before the fly interrupted? Oh, just thanking you. Uh, it was so good. We, uh, we attended a conference this week down in Dallas, Texas. Let me tell you, they got better weather than we do. Huh? I mean, it was like in the 80s. It was beautiful. There was no wind. I mean, it was sunny. It was like awesome. Yeah, I had to come back home. But anyway, we're down there and uh, what a wonderful thing um, that uh, Gerald and uh, Jenny Brooks is doing at Grace Church. there, It's actually in Plano. He had this leadership conference and basically at a very minimal cost, he invites pastors and uh, leaders to come be a part of the event. And uh, it's amazing to me, the generosity that the church shows uh, towards these men and women. Uh, you know, they probably gave them at least a dozen books to read. Uh, they gave him a, uh, a little Yeti cup, gave him a little uh, uh, watch, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Apple watch. And just to bless these pastors, you say, did you get one? Well, no, my son, he was the one that was saying he got all the stuff, I didn't. But I'll get in the cookie jar before it's over with, you know, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> I'm just so thankful for what they were doing because they uh, basically, uh, the, 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 the essence or the thesis of the conference was don't quit. And, um, you know, a lot of people want to gi- uh, give it up and quit. And uh, I've told you before that <clears throat> when people enter into the ministry, uh, the likelihood of only one out of ten will ever be in the ministry when they get to be my age because they quit. They get weary and well-doing. They get all kinds of things that, you know, and I'm not saying that the pastoral ministry or ministry in general is any different than other uh, vocations in life, but it does have some occupational hazards. And uh, he was ta- telling us uh, statistically that before COVID, there were 350,000 churches in the United States. And by the end of this year, uh, 70,000 of them will never open again. Think about that. I don't know what that is, that 20%, you mathematicians, something of that nature. 20%, 20%, 70,000 churches will not be open. You know, um, as I was praying, I, I just thought back to that whole thing and the assault that has been made by hell upon our lives is um, unbelievable in the sense of its magnitude. And it's not just the church. It's all this nonsense that you and I see going on right now. And uh, this is an unholy setup. And that's why it's important for the church to have her eyes open, uh, her ears open, her lights on, and doing the work of the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? amen. And by the way, if you were wondering, no, I am not going to quit. It's too late to quit now. Dear God, I'm old now. I'm not going to keep going, you know? Amen. You know, and, um, But I appreciate what it is that they did to help. And the, and the cool thing about it was is that most of the people who were there were probably 20 years younger than me. And uh, so there's a whole other generation of people that are being raised up to do the work of God. And it was pretty cool. So anyway, we're thankful for the privilege of being a part of that and and getting in on the warm weather. Hallelujah! I kind of understand why Ted and Phyllis and uh, Larry and Norma and all of you guys like Vamoose and all the rest of you that Vamoose to points that way. Amen. Jeff, you're not going to do that, no. Uh-uh. You're in for you're in for the long haul, aren't you? You got a heated house you aren't you? (laughs) Some people don't see it that way, my brother. (laughs) Praise God. Well, anyway, let's bow our heads together and uh, let's prepare our hearts uh, to receive the word of God this morning. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for what it is that you're doing through the local church. Father, you said in your word that the gates of hell will not prevail (laughs) against the church that you will build this house and that it will be complete. And, Father, we, f- we find ourselves so privileged and um, so grateful that we can be a part of the family of God and be a part of what it is that you're doing in these last days. Help us, Father, to be mindful of kingdom matters. And, Father God, not only that, but to seek and to save those that are lost. God, I thank you for putting it in each and every one of our hearts to reach out to those that are around us so that they too can experience the salvation that heaven has to afford. For these few moments, Father, I want to thank you for not only anointing my lips and my speech, my tongue, but I thank you, Father, for preparing the hearts of these that have gathered here. I ask you, Father, to give me utterance. Help me, Father, to share those things that are necessary, that are needful, and not only that, Father, but for whatever it is that you desire to do within our midst, Father, we <clears throat> we find ourselves open and we make our hearts open to what it is that you want to do. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Notice with me a familiar portion of Scripture, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. The Apostle Paul here in this letter to the church at Philippi said in verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Would you read that together with me? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Could you read it one more time? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to talk to you about what you can do through Christ today. And it is an amazing, amazing thing that's made available to the child of God in terms of what it is that is potentially possible for you as a child of God. Now, if you're without him, well, uh, then you're disqualified. But if you're a born-again believer, and if you know Jesus, I'm telling you this much about it, man, life can be and really is very, very, very good. Can you say amen? Amen hallelujah. You know, it's like, uh, I can't remember who it was. <clears throat> um, some, you know, radio preacher that said, uh, when I, when I make the statement, somebody will probably remember it. they you don't have any problems. You just need faith in God. Do you remember who, who, who said that? Shambok? Yeah, I believe it was. You don't have any problems. You just need faith in God. Hallelujah. And so I want to talk to you about what it is that can be done, what you can do through Christ who strengthens you. Now, the Apostle Paul, interestingly enough, made this statement in the context of lack and deficiency where his personal life was concerned. The Philippians had received an offering and they put it into the hands of one of the ministers and sent it to him so that they could help him. And it's interesting as we, if we look just a little bit on either side of the verse that we just read, he said in verse 10, he said, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last, your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked an opportunity. Not that I speak in uh, respect of want, for I have learned that whatsoever state I'm in therewith to be what? content. Hallelujah. I know both how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere and in all places or all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And again, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, notice this, notwithstanding you have done well in that you did communicate or support or, you know, uh, partner with me in my, the King James uses the word affliction. So Paul is making reference to the fact that lack is an, affi- uh, an affiction, uh, affiction, affliction, affliction, it's trouble. Some of your Bible translations will say, you, you, you came to my aid when I was in trouble. Hallelujah. It's just like, again, Jerry and, and Barb, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily they were in trouble, but they had a need. And thank God Fellowship Church came alongside them and partnered together with them and not only helped them catch up, but praise God, move forward in what it is that God wants to do. Isn't that awesome? I tell you, God, God wants to do that for everybody. They did it for the Apostle Paul. But see, the context, again, is lack and deficiency. And also I want to mention to you that <clears throat> there was this deficiency or lack. But listen, it did not stop Paul from preaching the gospel. And I tell you, when it comes to what it is that God has put within your heart, the things he wants you to do, there is going to have to be some tenacity down on the inside of you that, praise God, you just ain't got no quitting sense. That's not good English, but you got it. Are you listening to me? In other words, he wasn't going to let the deficiency stop him from doing what he knew in his heart that he was supposed to do. Hallelujah. God will make a way. When God spoke to Abraham and said, I want you to offer your son, he took off. He didn't know how this was going to turn out. But when Isaac asked him about the whole situation with regard to the sacrifice, he said, God will provide. So when God speaks to your heart about what it is he wants to do in your life, what he wants to do in your family, what he wants to do in your finances, what he wants you to do, what he wants to do in your health, praise God, you got to say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can you say amen? amen? Because otherwise the devil will tell you 45 different reasons, more than that if you need it, as to why you can't. And I tell you what, praise God, I think we just need to eliminate that from our vocabulary. Huh? Because so often, as we'll see, we shut off the power of God in our lives because we think that we can't. Now, the reality is, is that in and of yourself, yes, you're right, you can't. But thank God with him, you can. Everybody say, I can. Because of Jesus. Amen? And here's the thing that you need to understand in this context is, is... Before Christ, before you met, before you made the decision, before you surrendered, before you gave your heart to him and said, Jesus, you're my Lord and you're my King. Yeah, you were without hope, alienated from the life of God and basically a mess. But now, on this side of the cross, now that you're born of the Spirit of God, the whole playing field has changed for you. And the reality is, a lot of people have gotten saved and don't even know what it is that God has done for them. They're still, I don't know, back in the weeds someplace, believing the lies of the devil instead of believing the Bible. But God said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I tell you what, that ought to be our mantra for today, amen. You know, the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man or woman be in Christ, they are a new creation or a new creature. How many people today here this morning are in Christ? If any man or woman be in Christ, they are a new creature creation. Old things, the old, hallelujah, aren't you glad for that? Old things have passed away or are gone and behold, all things are become new. I'm telling you what, you guys, I mean the things that are in front of you or your future are, is concerned is bright if we would just believe God. You say, yeah, but pastor, you're living in a bubble. You're living in a dream world. You got your head stuck in the sand. Don't you know that this particular political party or this particular political party is in power and all this? I don't care who's doing what, dude. God is bigger than the whole mess. Are you listening to me? Listen, this too shall pass. Are you with me? There's consequences to corruption, to sin, to lying, to all of these things. And you know, you say, well, I sure wish God would get up with it and get going a little bit faster. Don't trouble yourself about it. He'll take care of it in his time, in a due season. So what what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be concentrating on the kingdom of God, on the great commission and the great commandment. Huh? to love people and go into all the world and preach the gospel to them. But we, we get, you know, distracted. And our eyes are on all these other things that are going on in the world, and we're not doing what it is that God wants us to do. Thank you for your excitement. Praise the Lord. Just telling you. But look at the verse again with me. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. I want you to get this. Look, it says, If any man be in Christ, and you already... You know, raise your hands that I'm in. He is. She is. You are a new creation. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away. Everybody say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you know, but I brought a bunch of my stuff with me. Well, you know what? It's time to unload. Come on now. I said, It's time to unload. You say, Well, this is just who I am. No, 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 no. That's who you are. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. So stop parking by and making excuses, you know, because of your anger or your resentment or your whatever it is that you got going on. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> well, I just can't. No, 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 no. You can Why? Because he said, I can do all things. You're believing a lie. Don't tell me you can't. He said you can. I believe him. And you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Start acting like it. Start thinking like it. Start believing like it. Start talking like it. Because you are. Man, don't, don't, don't. I mean, if you got resources and you got things that are available to you, praise God for, for your, your life to be blessed and it's out there in the garage. Dude, go in the garage and get the stuff and start using it. Are you with me? Well, the same thing's true in Christ. You know, we got this treasure trove. You know, Paul made reference to it. He said, we have this, this treasure in earthen vessels. I mean, for you to be born of the Spirit of God, to have the very presence and the indwelling presence of God on the inside of you makes you more than a conqueror. But we don't think that way because the devil keeps lying to us about, well, remember this and that and this and the other. And what you need to do is you need to take that verse and you got to tell the devil, hey, didn't you read the Bible? It says, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And old things have passed away. You can't believe how many people live in their past. You can't believe how many people are condemned by their past. They've never read Romans chapter 8 and 1 that there is, therefore, now no condemnation to those that are what? In Christ Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something else. He strengthens us through Christ. Now, so you've been relocated. Everybody say, I'm not in the same spot. (laughs) Glory to God. And because you've been relocated, you got to go from I can't to I can't. Now, I'm not talking about it in some psychosomatic, you know, let's just, you know, figure out this whole thing in my brain. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a transformational change that can only happen by the power of God that has made you a new creation in Christ. And that power that's in you is what empowers you to live life God's way. You can't do it any other way. In Jeremiah, you know, he, he prophesied, he said, the day's coming. Then I'm going to put my law and my word in their inward parts. And they won't be walking around saying you need to know the Lord. They'll all know me from the least of them to the greatest. And when Jesus came to this earthborn existence, he gave his life to open up the door. And when we heard it's finished, he completed everything that was required so that you could become a child of the living God. Too much apology about being a child of God. What's the world gonna think? The world needs to know. You don't care what they think. People that care about what the world thinks, they don't do much. They go hide. They hole up someplace and say, Oh Jesus, come quick me. Quick quick me. Quickly. <laughs> you know. They love escape theology. You say, what do you mean by that? Oh, God, come and get me now. Man, I thank God for the boldness and the courage of the characters and the people that have gone before us. Praise God. When, they, when God said, I want you to storm hell with a squirt gun, they said, I'm on my way. You know, Paul, he didn't have nothing, but he went Anyway. He said, I know how to be content in any kind of an environment, praise God, and I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. And so can you. Are you listening to me? We hear about shortages. We hear about all these things. I want you to know right now, God will take care of his own. You start freaking out and listen, you're going to be in a bad spot. Because I tell you what, he will. He said, only with our eyes will we re- see the reward of the wicked. Huh? But you've got to believe that. You know, in the last 20 months, now I'm not an economist, you know, whatever, so some bankers got to figure this out more than I do. You know, our government pumped $6 trillion into the economy to, you know, prop everything up. The stock market has grown by some 50% or something, so the long and the short, which is another $12 trillion, so that's $18 trillion, and I don't even think we can get our head wrapped around what a trillion is, but it is a boatload of money that's been pumped, and right now, everybody, you know, the government's giving the money, and they're all excited, you know, whatever. Guess what? That's going to stop. Matter of fact, I think a lot of it stops at the end of this year. Are you with me? And when that happens, something's going to change. And I wouldn't say that it's necessarily good. You say, Pastor, I don't want to hear about this. No, 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 no. You're missing the point. I'm trying to prepare you so that you know that no matter what happens, praise God, you're going to make it in grand style because of him. Are you listening to me? But you better start believing the word of God. And I tell you what, this whole COVID thing, man, this was an acid test for the church. I'm talking about Christians. Man, because I'm telling you what, they bail like a bad habit. Yeah. It, 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 it's revealing. And I'm just being your pastor here, and I'm just telling you. You know? We're never going to shut our doors again. I said, we're never going to shut our doors again. Never. And thank God for Kim. You know, you guys, you got to come to prayer tonight. At 6 o'clock, we're going to pray for our nation and, and for the church. And, and Kim needs our prayers. And so do a bunch of these other righteous men and women that are standing up for what's true and just. But I tell you what, on, on May the 3rd, well, it was the 1st of May, she said, you can have church, baby. We were in. But there are places in this country. I just talked to Rick Sharkey up in Olympia, uh, Washington. And, dude, I mean, they're having to fight. And the government is all over them. They've got a Christian school. They've got a, they've got a daycare, public daycare. And then they've also got the church itself. And dude, they're just, I mean, they are relentlessly on them. But he said, we're not closing. Are you listening to me? It's like one guy said, how can a stinking liquor store be an essential and the church is not. Are you, are, I mean, are you kidding me? It's, it's crazy. So you got to stand up. You know, support your, your, your school board people that, that think and believe like you do. Let them know. They need to know. Because they're in these trenches and they're fighting. Well, listen. Didn't mean to get off on the land. I was talking about you can do all things through Christ strengthens you. But this is part of it. You know, the church needs to stand up. Are you listening to me? So do what you can. Hallelujah. Because you're in Christ, listen, because of that, listen, you're redeemed. Everybody say, I'm redeemed. Yeah, because you're in him, you're redeemed. Not going to be. You are. Thank God I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? And that's a whole other story of what, that, you know, what that, how that's defined. But you're redeemed. You're victorious. You've been delivered. You say, yeah, but pastor, I got all kinds of stuff going on in my life. Well, you know what? That can change. The part of sanctification is a process. But what he's done for you, praise God, is a completed work. And so thank God you've been delivered, you've been set free, you've been made able, you've been made capable, hallelujah, you've been empowered. Everybody say, I got it. I mean, if you're a child of God, you've got it. You know, the world doesn't want the church preaching a victorious message to people and say, hey, guess what? You can do it. Because everything in the world says you can't and tells you you can't. But thank God we can do all things through Christ, who strengthens us, you know when everybody else is going down river. Thank God, God will help you swim up river, upstream. Are you with me? <clears throat> God, because God has become your Father, you know His view looking forward is positive. Did you know God is positive? You know, when he was talking to Moses, he says, I want you to go deliver the nation of Israel out of the hands of the Egyptians. And, and, and Moses says, dude, I can't do that. That's exactly what he said. You got the wrong guy. Now, I know none of you have ever said that before, but you know, when God says, I want you to do this, he's got the right guy. He says, now you need to go get somebody else. He says, how's that going to happen? He says, I'll be with you. That's all he said. He said, I'll be with you. I'll be there. Hallelujah. Well, guess what? That takes trust. That takes faith. It takes courage. Come on now. You know, now God did give him a little help. He says, listen, I'll I'll send your older brother with you. You know, he can kind of help with the spokesperson thing and whatever, you know, but but you're it. You're going. I'm going to make a deliverer out of you. See, there's so many things in our lives that we think that we can't do. And maybe in and of ourselves, that's true. But I'm telling you, with him, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Aaron, where's your wife? She's what? She's helping with the youth. You know, this, this, this gal who's up here on the platform worshiping God and trying to help you to do the same thing? Trying to help you. When she first came to this church, you know, Linda kind of, you know, mined her out of the crowd, you know, and got her going and stuff like that. Dude, I'm telling you what, the woman has blossomed. I mean, praise God, I could stand here and just watch her worship and get blessed. Are you listening to me? She wasn't that way before. You know, she was so tentative, sh- so sheepish, so, uh, you know, uh, unsure. Uh, guess what? Uh, apparently some of that has changed. Huh? So when we're always thinking that we can't do stuff, maybe we ought to think, well, you know what? Maybe I can. Maybe I can serve in the church. Maybe I can help out with the kids. I mean, she's doing double time. She's up here and now she's back there. Well, maybe we ought to lift the load and say, hey, I'm going to get involved. Come on. Well, I ain't got time for that. Make time. Because, I mean, at the end of all of this, it's not going to matter, you know, whether you did whatever it is that you're doing, but it sure will matter if you rolled up your sleeves and you helped in the children's church or you went over here in the nursery or you got out there and made people feel welcome or whatever it is. Are you with me? Well, I'm too old. I've already done that. You know, I'm too old for that. That's baloney too. You say, can't you just pick on the young people? I haven't done, I'm not done yet. I'll get with you later. But you know, here's the thing. God wants us engaged in kingdom business. We say, oh no, I can't do that. I don't have time for that. You know, I'm so busy, pastor. You know, I got all this stuff. Well, you know, what about all the rest of the folk that are doing it? They're making a way. Are you with me? They're setting aside their life. They're a sacrifice, you guys. I mean, you, there's no getting around that. Well, you live out, you know, you got your churches out there in the weeds. Drive! Woo! <clears throat> Why am I saying this? Because I tell you what, you guys, there's way too much at stake for us to make excuses about what we can't do. Chris Blaine, I mean, how far do you drive, dude? 50? Yeah. A lot. And Rachel, how far do you drive? Like 70 miles. You know? So when you got a little 20-minute drive, and you think it's too far... I got a word for you. Shut up. I mean, how far are you guys? It's an, hour. it's an hour. Well, yeah, but you got to understand he drives like, it's probably really an hour and 15, 20 minutes. <clears throat> you know, the world that we live in is so negative. I mean, it's everywhere. doesn't matter. You know, you turn on the television, and it's all because of the God of this world. But I'm telling you what, man, heaven's economy, uh, the things that are going on in the kingdom, there's advancement being made, people's lives are being changed, people's lives are being saved, people are getting delivered. I mean, it is marching on. You know, God said, on this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. People thinking, man, I'm and you, it ain't looking good. Well, thank God we walk by faith, and not by sight. Are you with me? So, so he, it's, this is what I want you to see, I guess, that your life in Christ has opened up the unlimited, everybody say unlimited, they really are, unlimited possibilities of heaven and God's ability in you to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can even ask or think because of the power of God that works in you. Some of the greatest things that have been done in people's lives happened when they were 60, 55, 65 years old. So if you're thinking, well, I'm just, you know, stop it, okay? What's God want you to do? And you say, well, I'm too tired for that. Well, I guarantee you he'll give you strength. He said, I'll help you. I'll strengthen you. I will uphold you. With the right hand of my righteousness. Stop listening to your body. Thanks for your enthusiasm. You say, well, pastor, doesn't your body talk to you all the time? But I am not listening. Are you with me? Huh? Am I in the right house? You say, well, isn't that kind of foolish? Listen, if you let your body talk to you, you'll get in a recliner and never get out. It's a fact. No, I tell you what, there's all kinds of opportunities out there for us. Hallelujah. And you're not too old. Everybody say, I'm not too old. I don't know why I'm pounding on this thing, but I'm telling you what, you're not too old. You just think you are. Well, I'm tired. Well, aren't we all? Come on, get up. Get up, get up. You know, when they were when they were about to cross the Red Sea. You know, God just told Moses, he says, what are you looking at me for? Tell the people to get up and walk over. There's times in your lives, you guys, when you just gotta say, listen, we're going over, not under. We're gonna be above and not beneath. Like I said, you know, the future that God has for you looking forward is bright. And he's positive. Hallelujah. He'd like for you to become positive. Come on. Come on. Zechariah, you know, when God said, you know, I'm going to uh, uh, raise up a prophet to go before the Messiah. And you and your, your, your uh, wife, are, you're going to give birth to him. <laughs> yeah, right. In other words, I can't, she can't. All whatever she's barren, forget it. Listen, I'm telling you, if God tells you something, if it comes from heaven, I don't care how impossible it is, God will bring it to pass. He said, just because you're unbelief, you can uh, zip the lip for about nine, ten months. Until they named the child, he couldn't talk, couldn't speak. But then the angel goes and visits Mary and says, hey... Guess what? You're highly favored, and God is going to do amazing things in your life. And she said, I'm not sure how this is going to happen, but be it unto me according to your word. Hallelujah. I tell you what, when it comes to God's promises, you've got to say, I don't know how, but thank God, be it unto me according to your word. You say, well, I don't know what he said. Oh, well, then maybe it would be a good idea for you to discover that. And I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but yes, I really am. (laughs) Get in the book and let the book get in you. Why you got time for that? Yeah, you do. You're just not making time for it. Listen, 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 listen. People, people make room in their lives for whatever's important to them. Huh? I mean, I'm not really a big... uh, frisbee golf guy matter of fact i don't even know that much about it but i ran into a pastor this weekend that is like not possessed but he's he he likes this game he says oh yeah there's two parks here in dallas i said great you know and 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 get a load of this when when the meeting was over with that's where he was going he's taking his wife she doesn't play She says, well, I'll walk with him, but I don't really care about the whole deal. And he's going to go out there and play Frisbee golf. And and so I talked to him the next day. Hey, how was your golf game? Oh, it was awesome. This park is beautiful. And, and, you know, we decided, I don't know if it was really we or not, but we decided that we're going to get up really early in the morning and go play the other park before we travel like 9 million miles back home. (laughs) Guess what? Frisbee golf is important to that guy. Well, boats are important to people. Cars are important to people. Vacations are important to people. All kinds of things. Their bed is important to people. say, well, I I really wasn't expecting this this morning. I thought you had something good to say. I do. This is good. Sometimes, you know, we just need to be jerked up a little bit and shook. Hey, wake up. Are you with me? See, that's what discouragement and despair and despondency and all the other D words that you can come up with will do to you. Press, 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 press. Just sit there and don't move and don't do anything. That's what it does. Well, you got to shake that old snake off into the fire, man. Praise God. Huh? Thanks for your enthusiasm. You can't imagine the countenance that I see in people. I mean, it's like, "Mm." no, not really. It's not. But I'm working on that. You know, I just want you to learn, praise God. You can do anything that God tells you to do. Why don't you turn to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. You know, the angel told Mary, said, with God, all things, or nothing, I should say, is impossible. Isn't that right? She, he, he just told her, with him, there's nothing. But you've got to change the way you believe. You've got to change the way you think. You've got to change the, uh, the things that you say. Come on now. What have you been talking about? Well, I can never do that, you know. Well, then you won't. Um, who's that guy down there in Little Rock, Arkansas? Um, pastor? Come on, man. Wow, you do know him. Um, sings, his wife, Caldwell, happy Caldwell. He was, I don't know whether, where he was, but he was somewhere. Um, maybe it was in California. It could have been in Hawaii, I don't know. But anyway, they're driving by this thing, and they see all these mansions up on this cliff. And he's driving by, you know, and he looks at that, and he says, man, I could never live in one of them. And the Spirit of God on the inside of him says, if you talk like that, you never will. You know? I mean, all things are possible to him that believes. Isn't that right? I mean, to tell you, praise God, I mean, the sky literally is the limit. When it comes to the kingdom of God. I was reading here recently about, you know, David's offering to the church, or actually for the temple and its building. It's unbelievable the amount of money that that guy gave. You know? So there's, there's all kinds of things that can be done in our lives, but we place these limitations in our lives and say, well, I could never do that. Yes, you can. Uh, you can. Now, it may take some you know, moving some pieces around on the chessboard here in order to get where you're going. But I'm telling you, you can. You can always improve. You can always be better than what you're doing right now. You know, I've watched women, you know, that end up in divorces because they got bad husbands. And so here they got the kids and they're trying to do all of this. And I've watched them in my church. They go back to school. So they're raising kids, they're working, and they're going to school. How many of you know that's not a lot of fun? But they do it anyway. Are you with me? And now they've made a life of their own. And not only that, God sent them somebody that will love them for who they are and so on and so forth. And you know what I'm saying. You know? Now they could have commiserated. They could have said, you know, nobody, you know cares about me, you know, this is my whatever, whatever, whatever. But they didn't do that, you guys. And and I don't want you to do that. I mean, I don't know what the scale, you know, what we're necessarily talking about in your own personal life. But I'm telling you what, there's better that God has for you if you'll just say yes and get after it. Okay, I'm going over here. Yeah. How many of you want better? Well, you know, I'm pretty content, you know, I don't have to... Well, listen, there's things that God wants us to be involved in, engaged in. "Ah, ah, ah, don't be like that. I said, don't be like that. You know, get, get this thing changed. And start thinking, God, how can I be a blessing today? What can I do to make a difference? Are you with me? He needs you, and he wants you. Praise God. What did I tell you to do? Oh, yeah, Numbers chapter 13. You're familiar with this story. And uh, uh, look at it with me here. Uh, i got to get there myself. I was talking while you were turning. Notice in chapter 13, chapter 13, verse 1. So the Lord spoke to Moses, and he said to him, Send out men that they may search the land of Canaan, Now, the King James says, which I give to, which I give to or unto the children of Israel. Some of your translations will say, I've given them the land. Now, let me ask you a question. Had they possessed the land? No, man, dude, they're still, they're just getting ready to roll, you know? But he said, I've given it to him. See, when God says something, guess what? He does it. And in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 8, he says, I'm going to take them into a land, a large land, a land that flows with milk and honey. Do you know you live in a land that flows with milk and honey? Boy, we live in a land that flows with milk and honey. We're so blessed. Hallelujah. So he says, I'm going to take them into this land. And in this verse, he says, which I give. Not going to give, it's theirs. I've decreed it. It belongs to you. So send spies out and check it out. Well, they go and they do all this and, and they even name the 12 that went. And then when they come back, let's drop down into 25. They return from searching the land after 40 days. And they went and came unto Moses, to Aaron, to the congregation of the children of Israel, to the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them, and unto all the congregation, showed them the fruit of the land. And then they told him, they said, man, we came into this land where you sent us, and surely, oh boy, it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it, nevertheless, or but the people that are that be strong the people be strong that dwell in that land the cities are walled and very great and moreover we saw the children of Anak there the Amalekites they dwell in the land of the south the Hittites and the Jebusites and Amorites dwell in the mountains the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan now this is what you need to see. you need to see what's happening here so they've got, they, they've got the whole nation of Israel gathered, and they're talking to them, okay? And they begin by saying, we went in there, and really, basically, what they're saying is, it's everything that God said it is, you know? So, but then they come to this word, but, or nevertheless. And when they started describing the people and the cities and the walls and all of the things like that, All of a sudden, from the congregation comes this swell of noise. And guess what? It wasn't good. Because the Bible says that when this got started, Caleb quieted or stilled the people. I mean, he shouted them down because he knew exactly what was going on. Listen, sometimes you're going to hear reports that aren't the most positive, but thank God, answer with the voice of faith. Are you listening to me? And so, so he quiets him and he says, let us go up at once because we are well able. Everybody say, I am well able. You're well able to go up and to possess it. Yes, you have challenges. Yes, you maybe came out of a, a jaded past or problems in your life or addictions or whatever the case might be. But I'm telling you, God wants to move you up and bring you out and bless your life. But you've got to be able to say, I can. Those 12 guys, they all say the same thing. Only two of them said, we can do it. Because they had another spirit in them the spirit of faith god promised it we can make it happen are you with me when my wife and i called was called to start this church everything was against us cuz number 1 nobody heard about the word of faith nobody knew anything about you know the charismatic movement per se and when we started the church we were a cult I'm sitting on the jet on the way back from Denver this Friday night in the middle of the night, late at night, Bill. Man, them glasses are nice. But anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to a gal who grew up in Oakland. And she graduated, I think, from Oakland in 1984 or something like that. And when she said that, it took me back to when we started in January of 1979 and what we didn't have We had a building over there that we were leasing that we couldn't hardly pay for, and we sure enough could hardly pay for the propane just to try to heat it. We didn't have nothing. And not to mention the fact, socially speaking, nobody wanted to have anything to do with us because after all, we're a cult. No, I'm called of God. That's what I am. You know, I'm just trying to advance the kingdom. I'm trying to help people find their lives in Christ. I'm trying to give them the best thing that they could ever want or have in their entire life. And they said, no, I don't think so. So, you know, discouragement is real. It's real. Did we want to quit? You bet. Did we have enough money? No. No. All kinds of problems. Are you with me? We have people problems. If it weren't for the people, it'd be great. But thank God we didn't quit. And look what the Lord has done. And listen, you know, from a natural standpoint, it, 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 it really wasn't. We didn't have Nothing. We didn't have no denominational institution that was going to give us $150,000 to buy the building. If we wanted to buy the building, we we're going to buy it ourselves. And when it came time to buy the building, we didn't have the money to do that either. But you know what? God made a way where there was no way. I said he made it happen. When we built this structure back in 'O two, you know, we needed a million and a half dollars. And the guys, the architects said, well, it's going to cost you two four. I said no 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 it's going to cost us a million and a half why cuz that's what we we set on huh we're going to borrow uh 600 we're going to we're going to raise 600 and we're going to take the 3 or 400 that we had in our pocket and build the church but they're saying you can't do that and we said yes we can you know there is a way if you just won't quit and you got no quitting sense. Glory to God. You know, when they built this building structurally, they had a price tag on it to build it. And we had, and we said, no, we can't afford that because the budget won't allow it. And they said, Well, you can't build a building. We said, Well, yeah, we can. We just don't know how. Yep. Huh? So we got somebody else down in St. Joe, Missouri to re-engineer the building and we saved, listen to this, saved four hundred thousand dollars. That's not chicken feed. Yeah, amen. And the big deal, of course, is we wanted it clear span for this. So there's a beam right back there on that wall. That holds up a lot. Pray for it. And it goes all the way to the end of the building. So it's 170-some-six feet or something like that. But we re-engineered the building, and we did a whole bunch of things differently. You know, as you notice, we don't have rooftop, you know, machines that cool and heat everything. We got everything on the ground. We just paired a bunch of them together, and it's really cool because in that way we can actually zone the building and only heat and cool what we need. So we're not spending all the money because it was going to be there'd be some big monster up there, and you flip the switch and it starts cooling and heating everything. Guess what? That costs money. Huh? And 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 again, it may not be the way that it is, <clears throat> say, commercially done. But you know what? We're happy. Amen. Now, we do keep our heating and air conditioning guy well employed. (laughs) You know, because there's always stuff going on. I can't remember. I think we got 26 air conditioning systems throughout the facility. Yeah, we got 53,000 square foot. And I don't know, last time I checked, you guys really like it when it's nice and cool and comfortable. And in the wintertime, it's warm and cozy, and you've got these great seats. Don't you like that? Well, you know, in 1979, when we got started, dude, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. But thank God, God made a way where there was no way. And now you're getting to enjoy it. Amen. And you're a part of that. Yeah, you want to clap, Kelly? Hallelujah. That's right. We couldn't imagine... There were times, I mean, listen, I'm not kidding you. If I'd have known that we had to go through what we'd gone through when at, at the beginning, I'd have been in Alaska. <laughs> not really, probably not. But you go through stuff. You know, there is hardship, there is, dif- there is friction. You know, you want a better marriage, sometimes, dude, you got to get stuff out on the table and get honest. And A lot of people, they don't want to be honest. Well, it's not my fault. Yeah, it is, you nimrod. But you can fix it if you want to. Don't tell me you can't fix, I it. can't be fixed. Yeah, it can be. If two people want to do what God tells them to do, they can fix it. You want to have a marriage made in heaven? You can have it. you got to fight for it. you got to, you got to set up some boundaries and say, no, we don't do this. No, we don't get in with couples, you know, that are bashing one another and not supporting each other and being, you know, whatever. We don't do that. That's not our deal. Woo! Is it really 1101? Hallelujah. There's just, this ain't right. <laughs> so, um,. Um, I, I'm trying to find my place and my notes and, and just like always everything's changed he just you know God told these people he says I've given you the land now you go possess it and it, listen to me you guys it's no different for you if you have hopes and dreams of something better you can have it Now, the devil and half of who knows who will say, Well, no, you can't do that, but you can. Amen. Stop listening to people and just keep listening to God. If we would have listened to people, there's a lot of things that we would have never done. Are you with me? You know? But I tell you what, sooner or later, I'm telling you, if you keep on keeping on, God will get you where you want to go. Amen. And you can live in a delightsome land and be blessed the entire time. Glory to God. You know, so here's the, here's the question. What has he told you? No. What has he told you? Well, let me give you a, a few little starters here, just to be able to help you a little bit. He's told you that you're more, everybody say more. More, more than a conqueror. You know, in other words, when something comes your way, you say, I got this with him. He's he's told you you're more than a conqueror. He has said greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We just got to read it. He said you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He said you're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. He said you don't have to be broke and busted all of your life. That you can actually have something to be able to contribute to others. Hallelujah. He said you can have joy and peace. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. So you say, well, what do I got to do here? <laughs> he said, I'll help you. I'll uphold you. I will strengthen you. What you got to do is start saying and believing and thinking like he does. And you got to guard your heart with all diligence. You got to guard your mind. Dude, don't be dwelling on this junk. I mean, it defeats us. The Bible says that when these 10 guys got done, they caused the heart of the people to melt. And guess what? They never got into where God wanted them to go. And you can blame God all you want, but it's not his fault. He said, I've given you the land. Go possess it. They said, well, we can't. He said, well, then you're going to die. He judged them out of their own mouth. And this happens all the time, you guys. People, you know, they, something goes sideways in their life and then they want to blame somebody. I mean, it's a preacher's fault. That's a problem. He's preaching this stuff and it's all a lie, you know. Well, then, you know, you're done. Or they blame God. God, what are you doing here? How come you're not this? What, you know, whatever. It's not God's fault. I don't, I don't pretend to understand. I was, there was a guy in this meeting that we were at and he was... Uh, <clears throat> He's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, called of God, wanted to be in the ministry, and he worked for UPS for 10 and a half years. And the whole time, he says, I love this job for six months. And then after that, for the next, you know, 10 years, he hated it. And he would tell God, God, you know, I, I'm called. I want to I do something significant. I want to be in the ministry. I want to do something, you know, that will make a difference in the lives of people. It took him 10 years for God to be able to get a hold of the guy and say, hey, the problem here is not with me. The problem is with you. And he, he gave this message on surrender. Oh, boy. Talk about being challenged. Well, you know, he kind of came to, his, to the end of himself. Isn't that the way we are, man? We'll fuss and fight and kick and bite and do all these kind of things. Finally, you get to the place where you ain't got nothing left. You might as well just give it up. Isn't that right, David? You know? Well, that's what he did. And I'm telling you what, praise God. And and as soon as that happened in his heart, God's dealing with your heart, dude. He's not up here. He's here. And as soon as they did that, he, God turned his captivity and gave him an opportunity to pastor a church of 60 people in Rio Oso, New Mexico. Now, isn't that where, isn't that close? Yeah, we were there once. We went down there and, with our son and, dude, they got all kinds of alien stuff and, you know, all kind of weird, whatever, you know, and this and that and the other. So this guy goes down there and starts pastoring a church. Well, that church went from 60 to like 2,000. Some little town. And then he got called to, to Albuquerque. So now he's pastoring in Albuquerque, and he's got this church in Rio Dozo, So they got these, uh, basically, campuses, you know, that, that he's uh, overlooking. And he went through a whole bunch of other things, you know, that had gone on in his life as he walked down and took this journey with his heavenly father. Now they have campuses in Clovis, New Mexico, and I think someplace else. I mean, this guy is rocking the world. But before, it was a UPS guy driving a truck. It really fit, great calves, you know, wearing shorts (laughs) and complaining. Guess what? Complaining don't get you far. That's what happened to these people. They started complaining, and guess what? They didn't enter in. Only Caleb and Joshua were the only ones of that generation that got to go in. That's a bummer, isn't it? You know, be careful about who you follow. There's all kinds of voices going on in the world, you know. The Bible says whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation or manner of life. Follow somebody dude that's been in it, stayed in it, did the right thing, didn't fall, and kept on going. Don't get in with these people, you know, that you tell the truth half the time and make merchandise out of you and exploit and whatever, whatever, whatever. Are you listening to me because it happens all the time. Be careful about who you listen to and follow, and, and, uh, because they'll, they'll take you to a place you don't want to go. People get weird. You say, how in the world do they get weird? They listen to somebody they shouldn't have been listening to. Hmm? In the world, you guys, people are party, partying their brains out. They got all this money, and, and, and they're thinking nothing of what it is that's going on within their lives. Guess what? It takes money to party. But then when you get done partying, you ain't got no money. Huh? Happens all the time. People do it all the time. Got a paycheck. Let's go party. Well, how are you going to pay your bills? I don't know. We'll worry about that later. And then they can't. Are you with me? You know? People have the mistaken idea that just because everybody's doing it makes it all right. I was in Dallas, Texas, you know, like I said, and we went to this one area and it's Swank to the max. Tiffany's, uh, all of these different places, you know, retail stores and stuff like that, that are here. Lamborghinis driving down the street, you know, Bentleys parked over here in an area just for them, you know, and all this stuff. Money, like you cannot believe. And so uh, we were there, uh, my son Greg, he, had to, he was in town, so we, we had lunch or dinner together. He says, I want to take you down and show you this. So we go down to this place called the Food Hall. And all it is, is it's kind of like, a, it's got this warehouse kind of vibe to it, two-story with, a, you know, kind of a balcony in the middle of it. You go in there and there's all these, it's like a food court, only a whole another you know, different generation. But when we're walking in there, you know, there's two or three guys that are dressed up in drag at the door when you go in. And then you go inside and you look around and it is a freak show. Huh? He says, well, I just wanted to show it to you, dad. You know, they got all these different kinds of food and everything like that. I said, man, this is a deal. Decadence like you can't even begin to imagine. Are you listening to me? That's the world that we're living in. But I'm telling you what, there's a path they're going down and there's a path that I'm going down and the two of them are completely different. Are you listening to me? So again, I want to say to you, just because everybody else is doing it, that does not make it all right. Be careful about the company you keep. Hallelujah. I need to get delivered from the clock. (laughs) Let me just say, you know, you guys, when I'm talking to you about these things, sometimes you've got to leave the familiar. And you have to trust in what it is that God has told you. I'm so glad that my wife said yes when I said I believe that God wants us to start this church. If she said no, then what would I have done? But she didn't. You know, it's just like the other day, you know, when we gave that offering, I said, I think God wants us to give us some, give a thousand dollars. She says, let's do it. Thank God for a partner that says, yes. Are you with me? You know, and sometimes you do have to um, leave the familiar. Yes, there is a risk that's associated with, but I'm telling you, if God's telling you to do it, do it. And he'll put you, over now you got to make sure you got to know that it's God, you know, that type of thing. But sometimes you have to you leave the familiar. I've told this story, and I'm going to close with it. But when, when we went to Bible school together, uh, when we went down there, I was in the siding business, and I was a canvasser. I'd go knock doors and see if anybody was interested, and then they'd send a salesman behind, and they'd, they'd sell the deal. Well, So when I went down to Tulsa, they had a branch uh, uh, down there, And so they put me with a a salesperson, and um, it was bad. It was really bad. The guy was old and, I mean, really old. He was like 85, and there there was problems. Anyway, he never sold anything, and so I went hungry. My wife, she made, well, that first month we made $12.50. We are going to Bible school. Hallelujah. Well, you know, as well as I do, a couple of months of $12.50, you're not going to Bible school. You're going home, you know? And so I'm praying. That'll get you to pray when you ain't got no money, huh? I'm praying, God, you know, this ain't good. And, and so I'm praying. Guess what? God will answer your prayers. His ears are open to your prayers. I'm praying. And this is what I heard him whisper in my heart. He said, you sell the siding. And I said, I can't do that. Why? Because I'd never done it before. I don't do that. This is what I do. I canvas. I, you know, I get them all, whatever, whatever, and they do their thing. And that guy over there, he sells it. And he says, you sell society. And I said, I can't. Don't ever say you can't. So I took a job working in Hughes Lumber Company, and I made 406 bucks a month. Okay? Thank God for Avon. Hallelujah. <laughs> kept us alive so two years later we're at an uh, alumni banquet down at the Tulsa Convention Center and there's I don't know 1,200, 1,500 graduates from the school and we're all there together and I'm sitting across the table from this guy that used to be in the mafia came out of Florida, got saved turned on to the word of God and uh, he talked about uh, fighting the Cubans down there because it it was a turf war basically and I mean you know I'm a little uh, young boy from uh, southwest Iowa grew up in a cornfield and this guy's talking to me about stuff my ears probably shouldn't even hear about what it is that he came out of and so we're talking and I said well so what'd you do while you were here for doing for a living he says I sold sighting. I said, "You did? I used to be in the siding business, you know, I, you know, canvas siding and stuff." And he says, "Oh yeah." He says, "Man, I got to tell you," he says, "Man, when we were down here, I made four or five thousand dollars a month. It was great." And he kept talking, and I never heard another word he said. You only heard the four or Why? Thousand. Because God said, "You sell the siding." And then, in that moment, while he's talking and I'm not listening, God speaks to my heart and said. See son, I could have done the same thing for you if you would have just said yes. I suffered, we suffered. Man, dude, five, four or five thousand bucks a month? Come on. Back in 1977, woo! We would have been in tall cotton. You know what I mean by that? That'd been a lot of money. Man, we run out of gas on the freeway or the expressway, didn't have no money. I mean, it was I mean, it was terrible, you know? And if I'd have just listened, man, he could have blessed us big time, huh? And we could have blessed others, huh? So don't ever say that you can't. Are you with me? If he says you can, you can. And if you'll do it, praise God, you'll get blessed, amen? And God can bless you wherever you're at if you just obey him. You say, yeah, but that's just it, Pastor. I'm just frustrated to no end, you know, and I mean, I got this and that. Listen, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And my suggestion to you is shut everything off and start listening to him. Pray and wait upon the Lord because he can tell. And that's what you want. You don't want to make a decision in frustration Because it's always, usually, the wrong one. You with me? Huh? (laughs) There's times Joan and I, we... we, Well, number one, we never talk about problems at night. We never talk about problems in bed. We never talk about anything like that late. Why? Because you're tired, and you're dumb, and you need to sleep. Okay? Get up, have a cup of coffee... Kind of get your feet back up underneath you, and then you can think about whatever it is that you think you need to be doing. Are you with me? Because that's what the devil does. He he turns the screws down on people to try to get them to a place to make a decision that would be a bad one. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I came today. Amen. I believe you've been blessed. Praise God. Everybody say it together, I can, I can. Do, all do all things through Christ, Christ. Who, strengthens me. who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we're so thankful for your living word. And as we stand before you this day, Father, just like the children of Israel did, Father, we want to commit to you to say that we can. Whatever the area is in our lives, it could be addictions, it could be, well, it could be anything, Father. There's all kinds of things that sometimes stand in our way, but Father, you said you'd make a way. So God, I just want to thank you right now, Father, for speaking to and ministering to those, Father, that are discouraged, people that are frustrated. Father, they're, they're looking for answers and they're, and they're needing help. Father, I ask you to help them recognize that that help is in you. Help them to shut out the world and find a place of quietness and rest so that they can hear from heaven. And I want to thank you, Father God, for your blessing. Now, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed and no one's looking around, you know, I did mention to you that, that part of this it it does take some determination and you know maybe you've just been playing with a thing you know I mean or you um, um, I don't know just how to describe it but you gotta you gotta you gotta say this is it there's not there will be no more of this or that or the whatever that is in my life there will be no more of it And so while you're here and your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if you find yourself in a place of needing to make that decision, then I want you just to slip up your hand right where you're standing and say, that's it, we're done. This is a defining moment in my life and things are going to be different. Can I see your hand? Yes, ma'am, thank you. Sir, yes, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, yes, thank you. Yes, thank you, sir. Bless you. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Anybody else? This is just between you and him. I mean, it's it's not about me, but I just think that, you know, there has to be a decision. There has to, we got to drive a stake someplace and say, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. Hallelujah. Anybody else that feels as though they need to make that decision? Hallelujah. All right, we're going to pray as a congregation. And I want all of us to pray, those that raise their hand, this is especially important to you. You just let your heart agree with this prayer. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I ask for your help. And by your help, I am choosing to do the right thing to get away from what it is that's problemed me. I thank you right now, Father, as I make this decision before you, to empower me to live it out, to do your will, and to remove every obstacle that keeps me from doing it that's in my life, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening my resolve to do the will of God and change this in my life. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated, and I'd like for you still to keep your eyes closed, your heads bowed for just one moment. For those of you that are online, this would apply to you as well. But if you're here today, you've never made a decision to receive Christ. That's where life begins. It's the most important decision that you will ever make. It is the decision between heaven and hell. And if you've never asked him to come into your heart, you've never surrendered your life to him, and you recognize in your heart that you need to and you want to, I want to give you an opportunity by your uplifted hand to just say, Pastor, please pray with me. I have an interest in your prayer because I want to know Jesus. Is there anyone in this congregation here you don't know him and you want to? Can I see your hand anyplace as I look? Those of you online, if you're there within the comfort of your own home or wherever you might be, if you've never made a decision to receive Christ, this is your opportunity. And God will come and meet you right where you are and change your life forever from the inside out. And so I hope that you'll make that decision. Anyone at all? All right, for the benefit of those that may be watching, let's pray together, church. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I give you my everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Now, if you prayed that prayer online, listen, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to myfc.com and you, uh, m-y-f-c dot, no, info, I'm sorry. Let me say that again. M-Y-F-C dot info, I-N-F-O. And let us know about your decision because we'd love to put some uh, resources in your hand. We'd love to pray with you if you want prayer. And and that's the way that you can contact us. And uh, we'd love to know about the decision you made for him, praise God. Well, did y'all get something out of today? We're gonna go ahead and receive our morning offering.